This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. Last few weeks, God has been talking to us about the church. And today, I want to talk about the authority of the church, the authority that God has given to the church. You know, we may say that the authority of a New Testament church is Jesus Christ. That's so true. We may also say the authority of the New Testament church is the word of God. You know, in both ways we are right. The authority of the church is Lord Jesus Christ and also the authority of the church is the word of God that we have in our hands. But God wants us to really find out what exactly the authority that God has given to the church. You know, Jesus, before his crucifixion, he was laying the foundation for the church. I don't know whether you notice that in the, in the Gospels. When I read the Gospels, I really find out the way Jesus was laying the foundation for the church. Jesus visualized church in his ministry. Everything that he did, everything that he performed when he was living on this earth, as he was ministering along with the disciples, he had the church of God, which was, which was yet to come, but he had that vision in his mind. He called his disciples, we see that in Luke chapter 9, he called his disciples, verse 1 says, then he called his 12 disciples together, and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Scripture says, Jesus called his disciples and he gave them power and authority for two different things. Number one, over all demons and also to cure diseases. I believe it is the same authority that Jesus gave to the disciples. It is the same authority that Jesus has given to the church. Let's read one more scripture. As Jesus was expanding his ministry, he added 70 more to his group along with the disciples. And as we read in Luke chapter 10 verse 18 and 19. Scripture says, Luke 10, 18 and 19. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And verse 19 says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We see two different places. Jesus calling his disciples, the twelve, and the other seventy. And he was telling them very clearly, I am giving you authority. And what kind of authority? The authority over demons. The authority to cure diseases. The authority to trample serpents and scorpions. You know, Jesus gave that authority to the disciples and the other 70, those who were called in the, into the ministry. It is the same authority that Lord Jesus has given to you and me as part of the church. Let's take it a little further into a little more detail. Number one authority that Jesus gave was the authority over demons. You know, who are demons? Demons are fallen angels. 
And once upon a time, demons were part of the worship team in the heavenly realms. And when Lucifer sinned against God, and all the angels, they went behind Lucifer, they formed a group along with Lucifer, God decided to push them down. And they fell into this ground, on the earth. And they became demons. And Satan, Lucifer, turned into Satan himself. And these fallen demons, fallen angels, they were given power and authority as they were worshipping God Almighty. You know, God has never taken that power that they had. They still continue to have that power. But initially it was for the glory of God. But now the power the fallen angels are having is against God. Is against godly children. So today, church has the power, scripture very clearly says, over demons. And how the church got the power. From where church got that power. If you read, you know, scripture very clearly we will understand that Jesus Christ at the cross, he stripped the power of Satan. In fact, he went further and he crushed his head, as the scripture says. And because of what Jesus did at the cross, and today, church has the authority over demons. Today, church has the power over the influence of demons in human lives. You know, these demonic spirits, they influence, they harass, they, they abuse, they afflict, they torment, they torture, they do everything to human on this earth. These demons also work against the godly children, children of God. They work against the ministries, they work against the leaders and ministers. These demons are everywhere today. But scripture says God has given the authority over demons to his church. The church that he bought with his precious blood. The moment the church you know, fails to take authority over demons, something which happens that is true. The demons take control over the church. The moment the church fails to take authority over the church, the demons take control over the church. You may say that, Church is godly. Church is precious. Church is holy. But you know what? The moment who people who are living there, who put people who are serving there, if they don't have that awareness that God has given them authority over demons, if they fail to take the authority over demons, demons will take the authority. They don't care whether it is church or people of God. We need to use the authority. If the moment you fail to use the authority over God has given to us over them, they take power they come into control number two authority over sicknesses you know scripture says authority god has given authority over sicknesses that's what exactly we read in luke chapter 19 verse 1 then he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and also to cure diseases the number two authority god has given to the church is, to, is over sicknesses. You know, sickness does not really come from God. God doesn't give sickness. If somebody is saying that, oh, God has given me a lot of sickness, you are a liar, according to the word of God. God doesn't give sickness. Do you, can, can you ever imagine God created Adam and Eve just to give sickness? No, not at all. God doesn't give sickness. No, sickness comes due to various reasons today. When God created Adam and Eve, 
He created them to live eternally. That's the reason God has put a tree of life in the Garden of Eden. But then they, before they even reached the tree of life, find out where the tree of life was, they found another tree which God prevented them to eat from. But they eventually end up in eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they fell in, the, in, in that sin. In a moment they sinned, sickness came to the body of human because obviously he has to see death. So sickness came into existence, first of all, because of the universal sin. Sin came into existence in the life of people and man and woman, they became sick. Sickness also can come on our way due to various other factors, not necessarily always due to sin. Maybe due to age, hereditary issues, curses, and you know, change of climatic conditions and accidents, birth defect. And also, if you continually involve in sinful activities, some of the specific sinful things, sickness is on our way. Sickness is eventually, it's a result of the universal sin. What exactly our father, forefathers, Adam and Eve did. The devil comes into picture. He is because he's very good at throwing sickness on our way. You know, the moment we try to leave godly, the moment we try to do something for God, devil comes there and he stands. Think about Job. He was a man of righteousness. He was a man of God. But devil came there to, to accuse him. You know, devil is a liar. He is always behind the children of God. And he throws sicknesses, maybe just to discourage you. Just to disappoint you. You know, when we all go to heaven, scripture says, we will not have time to read that. I will just go through it quickly. According to Revelation 2.7, scripture says, to him... Who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. You know, Adam and Eve, they failed to eat the tree of life. But you, for you and I, when we go to heaven, scripture says, God is going to give us, God is going to take all of us. And go, we are going to go to heaven first to get the fruit from the tree of life. And God is going to make us to eat from the tree of life. That means we will live eternally in heaven. We will never die. You know, that's why there is no sickness in heaven. Isaiah 34, 24 says, The inhabitants will not say, I am sick. The inhabitants of heaven will not say that I am sick. According to Revelation 21, 4, there is no death in heaven. Revelation 21, 4 clearly says there is no death in heaven. Even in the millennial reign of Lord Jesus Christ, when Lord Jesus Christ comes before even we go to heaven, when he comes to this earth and he establishes the millennial reign, thousand years of reign on this earth, we are going to see perfect health and prolonged life on this earth. The scripture says that. Scripture says in Isaiah 65, 20 and Zechariah 8, 4, we read, a perfect health, prolonged life on this earth, even in the millennial reign of Lord Jesus Christ. But while we live on this earth, you know, we go through many sicknesses. But scripture says God has given the authority to the church over sicknesses. That's why James 5.11, 5.14 scripture says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elder of the church. And let them pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. 
church has the authority over sickness. You know, whatever sickness we may go through, barrenness and miscarriages and, you know, certain terminal illnesses and accidents, you know, there may be strange diseases which name probably we would have never heard of. Church has authority over all sicknesses when Jesus was calling his disciples and telling them, I am giving you authority over sicknesses. Today, God is looking at the church and telling us, church, you have authority over sickness. Let's come back to that in, in a moment. Let's go a little further. According to Luke 10, 19, God has given us authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Serpents and scorpions, they simply symbolizes Satan and demons. Serpent is very crafty, very cunning, deceptive in nature. It glides, it slithers, and it darts everywhere. It moves around very fast. It coils, and it, it is also very poisonous. Serpents, most of the time, they take their prey and they just swallow it. The devil is like that. He's just roaming around like a lion to whom he may devour. The devil roam around, roams around us like a lion. That's what scripture says. So here we read, God is giving us authority over serpents and scorpions. You know, even some of us don't want to even look at those creatures, right? Serpents and scorpions, even spiders, right? We don't want to hang them in our homes. Any of you would like to do that? Hang some few serpents at home, right? Few scorpions this side and some spiders there. But don't do that, right? Don't put spider webs and don't put spiders and scorpions and hang them around. We will not do it, right? Because we don't want to represent Satan. We don't want to represent demons. Well, the whole world may be doing it. But as children of God, we need to understand what these insects, these creatures you know, uh, uh, symbolically represent in the word of God. But God has given us authority over all the craftiness and cunningness and deceptive nature of this, of the enemy. And finally he says, I have given you power and over all the powers of the enemy. You know, being said all this about Satan and demons, what exactly Satan does to us? What exactly he does in our families. You know, he destroys our marriage relationship. He throws sickness on our way in order to discourage us. He makes our children to rebel against it, against us. You know, let, they grow up and we help them. We, we, we think that they are growing in a godly way. But at one fine morning, we see they are rebelling against us. Who does this? This enemy. He doesn't allow our family to serve God. He, you know, he really encourages by having relationship with this world, with ungodly people, with unsaved people. He doesn't bring, you know, allow us to have good fellowship with godly people. He will blind our spiritual eyes so that whatever we preach, nothing will go inside. It's kind of blocked. We will not be able to receive anything. How much ever you read the word of God, it really doesn't make any sense. People are saying that they hear the voice of God. I don't hear anything. I don't believe any such things. Because the enemy is, is very clever. He gets into our lives and he blinds our spiritual eyes. He tempts us to do sin. 
Most of the time we get temptations. Most of the time the temptation comes on our way and we fall into those sins. He will make sure that we are crippled in our sins. And eventually he will throw confusion and doubt and he will make us ineffective for God. He does many other more things. But you know, scripture says, I have given you power, authority over all the powers of the enemy. Now when Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, let's go to that scripture, Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. Here Jesus said, before he was taken up into heaven, and, all, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with the new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, when Jesus said, I have given them authority and they will be able to do all these things in my name. In the name of Jesus, you know, God has said, Jesus said that in my name, you will be able to do all these things. And so what the church has to do with this God-given authority today? You know, the church is filled with people like you and me. Church was filled with people who are having spiritual experience, who are not having spiritual experience, who have faith in God, who do not have faith in God. They are infants in, the, in Christ, and some of them are really adults in Christ. Church is filled with all these kind of, kinds of people. How do we get the power to fight with the enemy and to fight with the sickness as we go through. The church has to exercise the God-given authority. Church has to exercise God-given authority. When we say church has to exercise, it's not just reading the scripture. It's not just praying quickly and just running away. Church has to exercise the God-given authority. How do we do it? Think about a traffic officer. The traffic officer... He cannot just stop at 18-wheeler truck, 40-ton truck by himself. Can he do that? Just go and put his hand and just say stop? No, he cannot just do it. But he is authorized by the state or the government to stop the truck. The moment he stands with his barge and he goes and stands and he says stop, such a big, huge truck is going to stop. How is it possible how that happens? Can he just do that sitting at home? Can he just do that? Truck, you just stop? Will it stop? No. He has to just show up there. He has to just come in front of the truck or just be at the side of the truck. And when he exercises his authority, the massive truck is going to stop. You know, God is asking us to do something exactly the same. God has given us authority. And when we exercise authority, things will happen. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, I can read it for you. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. What scripture says? Let me read that word again. Wrestle against. Have you seen wrestling? I believe so. It, you like it? No? You don't like it, right? Wrestling is not good. But you know, scripture says, 
we need to wrestle against the principalities and powers of darkness. How do we wrestle against? You may have a question, God has given us authority. Then why he is expecting us to wrestle against the powers of darkness? Wrestling in the scripture, most of the time it refers to forceful prayer. Fervent prayer, exactly, you know, what was going on in the life of Jacob. Forceful and fervent prayer is what is wrestling. How do we wrestle? What do we wrestle with? Scripture says, you are not wrestling with flesh and blood, but you are wrestling against principalities. You are wrestling against powers and the rulers of darkness. Now, prayer is the only means by which we can exercise God's authority. Prayer is a wrestling ring. You can imagine in a wrestling ring, two opponents, they confront each other. They just face them face to face in the wrestling ring. Prayer is also a battlefield where we fight with your enemy. You know, prayer is not reading a book. If we have that in our mind, probably, you know, we need to just get away from that. Prayer is not just reading a book. Prayer is certainly it's communicating with God, but it is much more than that. Where we confront our adversary, the enemy, the devil, the sickness, whatever he brought on our way, when we kneel down and pray, when we wrestle, when we fightfully, forcefully pray, we are just going ready to face the devil, the sickness in our lives. Today, according to the scripture, God has given us authority to the church over sicknesses and over demons. If someone is sick, what exactly we need to do? We need to bring them here, lay them here and surround them. Pray for them. God is going to deliver them. You know, that's what the scripture says. Today we have a different idea about church. We have a different mindset about church. So we don't believe these things anymore because we look at look something different in the churches today. You know, I remember when we were in Pennsylvania, one of the church sisters, brother who was in India, he was identified with cancer in his tongue. That family was so discouraged. But you know what we did? We decided to come in agreement in prayer. The Sunday afternoon, we said, we'll, we both said, we'll come to your house. And we went there. We were praying there for just for not a few hours, but two to three hours, close to three hours, we were in prayer with that family, two of them and two of us, praying for that brother in India. It was a time of fight, fighting with that cancer. It was the time of wrestling with the devil. You know what? We used all the authority that God has given us and we prayed over that sickness. God healed him completely. Totally he was healed. And today that this family is settled down in, in the United States. They are doing pretty well. And she's also sometimes part of the prayer conference. And he got married too. And she became a prayer conference member now. You know, God healed him completely. You know, that's what is the job of church today. I don't know where we stand in terms of, you know, what the kind of authority that God has given to the church. 
we may most of the time we may say that I cannot do things by myself. Now God is not asking us to do things by ourselves. God is asking us to do things collectively. When we come in agreement, when we make an agreement with each other and with our God, saying that, Lord, in your name, I'm going to pray for this. God is going to deliver. Because scripture says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, scripture says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down of strongholds. What does it mean? Does it sound familiar to you? Does it mean anything to you at all? What does exactly it mean? It means there are strongholds in our lives that we are struggling to come out of it. It may be sickness, it may be addiction, it may be oppression of the enemy, it may be some kind of satanic influence we have in our family. But you know what scripture says? The weapons of our warfare. We need to wear all the weapons which equip us to warfare. And where do we warfare? We warfare in the presence of God. We, 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 we lay down. We kneel down in the presence of God and that's where we wage the war. Against what? Against the powers of darkness, against sicknesses, against demons, against all the influences that he has in our lives and in the lives of our people. You know, Ephesians 6, I would like to read the scriptures. Ephesians 6, chapter, chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. Here we see the whole armor of God. God has given us the whole armor of God because the time of prayer is a time of battle the life of a Christian who walks in prayer he walks with all this armor surrounding his body let's read from Ephesians uh, chapter 6 verse 10 finally my brother and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Some of us do not care about these scriptures, because the evil day has not come to you yet. Some of us don't believe in healing because that sickness has not come to us yet. When we, you know, I have seen people who argue against healing power of God. But the moment they are identified with sickness, they don't have any other place to go. They come and kneel in the presence of God and confess their sins. Exactly scripture says, in the day of evil, in the day of evil, that we should be able to withstand. We don't know when the day of evil is going to come on our way. And, but we should be equipped to withstand the day of evil. Verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation. See the way one has to protect, armor himself or herself to fight with such an adversary. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always, everything associated with prayer. If we don't pray, if we think that we can wear all this armor and walk around, it's not going to help. 
Scripture says, praying always. Wear all this and pray always with, the, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end. With all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. God is asking us to equip ourselves to wage the warfare. Finally, to summarize. Remember one thing we are dealing with. The power of darkness. We may not see him in front of us. But that's what we are dealing with. That's what we go through in our body when we go through some sicknesses. That's what we face when we face some discouragement and eventually we are taken into depression. We are dealing with the powers of darkness, Satan and his company. His power is certainly nothing in front of God. But he is more powerful than you and I as a human. We should not forget that fact. He is more powerful than you and I just as a human. But his power is nothing in comparison with the power of God Almighty. So how do we prepare the church to encounter with this enemy? With our adversary or with our sicknesses? How do we prepare ourselves? There are a couple of things I have listed. With our sins forgiven, number one. First of all, let's have a clean sheet in front of God. You know, most of the time, God cannot do anything in our lives because we don't have a clean list, clean paper in front of God. How do you make it clean? We cannot do it by our, our strength, not by our works, but by his grace. We need to depend, rely on the precious blood that Jesus shed at the cross. We keep our sins forgiven. Number two, with fasting. If God is expecting us to pray together for something which is deadly in our lives, number two, fasting. Fasting gives us focus. It brings the flesh down. So Spirit of God can do something in that, in that, at that moment. Wearing the armor of God. Why do we wear the armor of God? Just for our safety. Because we are dealing with powers. They are really powerful. They are powerful. So when we deal with the enemy, when we deal with that sickness, when we want to go and pray for somebody who is sick, unless you are protected, it is going to hit you back. The same sickness is going to hit you back if you are not protected with the armor of God. That's the reason God has given you the armor of God. Anointing of the Holy Spirit. Without anointing, don't even pray for others. Without anointing, don't even pray for others. You cannot handle the, the amount of pressure, the amount of, amount of opposition you will get from the other end. You need the anointing of God even to pray for somebody. Otherwise, we cannot handle it. That's why we, we, we don't encourage the intercessors, you know, praying without anointing. In the early days in the conference, there are some people, they came and they wanted to join in the intercessory prayer. They joined in the intercessory prayer. They started crying out as others do, those who are anointed. Within a few days, they were all struck with sickness in their family which they couldn't come out of it. Then we told very particularly, if you are anointed, don't even pray. Don't even pray for others. We cannot handle it because we are dealing with the powers of darkness. Waiting on the Lord in prayer. Not just one hour, rush here, come and go. Not that kind of prayer. We need to come and wait upon the Lord. Wait? How long? Until we receive. Until we receive, wait at the feet of God. You know, certainly if something is going on in our lives, if that is really troubling, we don't really, you know, bother about it. We will come and sit in the presence of God, wait at the feet of God, and then using the authority that God has given to the church, 
in the name of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus, in the word of God, according to the authority that God has given to me over Satan and over sickness and all that of the devil when we pray, we will see the deliverance. But we need to go through all these steps. We need to equip ourselves in order to get deliverance. You know, to who will do all these things? The church. The church is called to do all these things. Church is not just called to celebrate festivals. Church is not you know, called to organize orchestras and singing competitions. Church is called to pray, to exercise the authority of God on this earth. Otherwise, Satan doesn't really care about those churches. He enjoys. God is expecting our church to be a church according to the word of God. When Peter was in prison, I just want to close with this. Peter was in prison. He was bound. And he was sleeping in between two soldiers. And the huge door of the prison was guarded by many soldiers. And you know what did the church did? They prayed. They prayed. Someone who is in the prison, they prayed. You know what God did? He sent the angel. He commanded the angel. Peter, was, Peter couldn't do anything by himself. When he walked on the streets, when the shadow fell on the sick, the sick got recovered. But now, he's in the stocks. He couldn't move by himself. The church has to pray. The church has to pray. God has given the authority Certainly to individuals. There are times as an individual, we need to stand for God. We need to take the authority. But not every time. The church has been given the authority over Satan, over demon and the sicknesses. Today as a church, we don't pray like the church that Jesus was describing. But simply, maybe because we don't believe in prayer. But this is the time that God wants us to pray more. God is not pleased in anything else we do. God is not pleased in my preaching if we don't pray. God is not pleased in any of those programs we have if we don't pray. Authority over demons, authority over sicknesses, we will be able to exercise only when we kneel and wait upon the Lord as equipping ourselves as a body of Christ. I believe this morning God has spoken to us. Let's close our eyes. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.